You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his pussiness. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> series 2 Villanelle. Can you remember anything petty from Series 2? Because there was petty to be found. I was going to say the toilet brush in Julian's throat after he was dead. Well, Julian deserved that. No, he, he did. He did. He really did. But no, I'm talking about Amsterdam. I'm talking about the infamous Amsterdam. Oh. The Amsterdam kill which is a gaudy performance full of pomp and circumstance and misandry. And it's my second favorite kill in the show, potentially. My favorite solo villanelle kill outside of Bill and the skibbity paps <laughs> in the chest. But that's only because it's it's the uns uns music. And it's nostalgic. It was in Phoebe's first season, and it was the first really kind of frightening but also alluring kill that Villanelle did. But in terms of just actual performance, thematic misandry, the Amsterdam kill is up there because while she's putting on this performance for the random tourist and the jilted wife that is outside there with her stroller, and I'm like, well, the baby have a subconscious memory that they go to therapy for later by watching their daddy die? Who can tell? Well. But despite all that, it's really all for Eve. And I believe it's still her most extravagant kill to date, like just in the show, because of all that she put into it, the costume, the the procession of how she leads this man here, and the fact that she's literally daring the authorities, or anyone, to catch her, because this is out in the open. Of course, the tourists were like, ah, oh, look at this, it's a show. Yep. But somebody could have been concerned. Someone could have tried to call the popo. Villanelle didn't give a fuck. And she executes that ridiculous murder, and she's waiting after the fact for fucking Eve. You know, she sends those thematic and lustful postcards <laughs> that were stolen by Carolyn, sadly. And then, also in series two, you have the whole Nico fucking situation that is explored and goes to a head. From pulling up on him in a flyer fit, and I'm sure anything Nico has ever worn in his entire life. Like, ever. No, you're right. She was on theme once again, like a professor. Like, she could have gone to Oxford or a fucking student. It did matter. She looks good. And then you add in the Gemma stalking and harassment. She went so far as to even smoke a cigarette. We know she didn't want to fucking smoke. Just to get <laughs> intel from Gemma. She created a whole fucking character she with did. a different hair color and everything. She probably spent months harassing Nico at school, calling in fake shit, setting some pattern of behavior because she was being ridiculous and trying to fuck with Eve and Eve's life by extension. And then you add the end of that, which is the locker business. The fact that she brings all of her intel from Gemma to a head, she finds them in the locker, she fucks with them, she gets her shepherd's pie recipe. She sure does. She murks Gemma and fucks Nico up forever. All while a bitch was packing for shenanigans in Italy. All while she was definitely having <laughs> meetings with Eve. And she was fucking like, yo, I gotta get back to Nico in a second, execute that thing, make sure I have the shepherd's pie for when we leave Italy, unexpectedly, and go to Alaska. I need to have something to make. I believe she would have offered that if Eve didn't say spaghetti when they were in the ruins. Oh, right. And then, of course, at the end of season two, Villanelle uses the safe word. It's another reckless, ridiculous thing that is completely self-involved in a sense. She doesn't give a damn about what Eve potentially wants to accomplish, what her goals might be in this situation, whether or not she's ready for the safe word. She has decided that she's ready to have sex and cuddle in Alaska. So she's like, <laughs> forget it. Gentlemen. And Eve comes rushing in with her fucking letter opener, letter opener to try yeah. to defend Villanelle's safety and honor. All for it to be games and for Villanelle to be laughing at her fucking face. And at that point, Eve is like, wow, bitch. The way you do the most. Well, nobody asked you to do mm -hmm. the most, but here you are doing the most. And she's like, Eve, 
Do you think I would kill you, Eve? So this is what Eve has been dealing with. And then you go to series three, and it's the least amount of times so that Villanelle harassed a bitch. But we cannot forget that the season opened and she was married to a whole new hoe. Mm-hmm. She had found a whole new bitch. She left Eve bleeding the fuck out in Italy, found a new woman, probably went on the honeymoon before the wedding, and was living her life. It seemed yep. problem-free. And then when she finds out Eve is back alive, what does she do? Does she send a sad quilletta saying, oh, my love, it's been so long. Since I've heard your voice, since I've seen your face. No. She sends a teddy. She sure does. And instead of sending the message that implicates her need, that implicates her desperation and desire, she sends the one that is arrogant and says, essentially, I know you're thinking about me. No, yeah. Admit it, ho. Admit it. You wish I was there, girl. Admit it. And it's like, filling out. You wish you were there, too. But the way you have to put that energy in the message is the petty. It is the petty that lives within you. And so this is my point. From arrogant teddies, what do we get? Villanelle in a fucking suit. Mm-hmm. Fucking a gay as fuck suit. And the type of energy you're giving off with that gay suit is fuck girl energy. And then she walks up with a hand in her pocket. Hey, Eve. That's why she got attacked. And this was before Eve's new skills. But she deserved to be attacked. No, it's Because true. you can't leave a bitch bleeding out. Leave a bitch oless. It's rude. And then just be like, hey. <laughs> hey, you look good. And that's why she got attacked by fucking Eve. So, well, Eve tried to box in the bus. It was not exactly boxing. It was mostly falling. And then the headbutt is how she got control. But my point being is that Villanelle has been a complete and total, utter sapphic terrorist to Eve Palastri. From the minute she knew that bitch existed, it literally started in the bathroom. And she unknowingly fucked up Eve's life right then and there because a bitch was not following the rules. A bitch did not do what her boss said. A bitch totally put people in danger, which made it easier for Villanelle to have her lustful, inspired murder spree instead of the one death she was supposed to do, which led to Eve being fucking fired. So literally from the minute they both enter the orbit and the sapphic vapors go a-flying, Villanelle starts her sapphic terrorism against Eve Palastri. (laughs) Uh, I was about to offer an apology to all the queers I've loved before. Wow. I mean, in the event that I've committed some form of uh, pheromonic terrorism to to someone and and maybe their life has been forever altered in ways that they (laughs) have yet to recover. So... I do offer uh, apologies, <laughs> especially to those who are, you know, just getting their water wings, just not knowing water what they were wings. going to step into. Right. Lord. Wow. You know, I was taught when I was younger to take chances, make mistakes and get messy. All, wow. I was ready for all of wow. the above. Not not everybody thinks that they're going to have yourself. to endure those things. I'm not so, opposing you dragging yourself. I, so I just, yeah. So for those listening, queer is far wide. <laughs> Not uh, far and wide. Well, it was you said across the globe, across the pond. That's what you take yeah, it from um, this. Lord, apologies. I offer them. Well, desire can do a lot to people, and can the causers of desire truly be held responsible for the people who feel the desire? I don't know. The culpability is probably like thirty seventy and seventy on the desiring. No, right, <laughs> right. It was no, like it was no. like pheromonic. Or yes, yes. Depends abuse. on how I feel that day. It depends on what, am I the person? No, yeah. Am I the terrorist? Then again, I object. I'm on your side. If I'm not the terrorist, then maybe. Maybe it's a different a different thing. See, so I'm I've saying, like Villanelle, it's incidental to what I prefer. No, well, well, how are well. you classifying me? Am I the terrorist? I've are been you asleep, the minding my business, and will wake up mid throws. This is like, wait, how did we get here? Wow, right? How did we this is get where we are? here? How did we get here? Because did muse? I do something? No, how right. did we get here in my news? Uh, uh, well, I'm That's, sorry. I just no, you're walking you were, down you memory were, lane. Ah, you were talking no, about. No, you were talking about Villanelle and how she it's the type of scenes we hope to have in Gentleman Jack. Sapphically oh, who's waking me up? Who's waking me up with a jaunt? I understand the waves and the vibes and how you got to that tangent. But yes, that is that is what I'm getting at. 
with Eve Palastri, for all the people with all the energy, for Eve and I have definitely been and will continue to be one of those people. But for very specific fucking reasons. Because we really have to look objectively. Despite wanting these hoes to be in each other's space and calm about it, chill about it, in some sort of stasis of pleasure that they both are experiencing, obviously, Lauda is like, pain! angst we're gonna give you stuff to be upset about we're gonna give you stuff that's gonna hurt your feelings we're gonna give you stuff that's gonna hurt villanelle's feelings but i do not think it's out of pocket i do not think eve palastri's out of pocket i do not think that that's what's happening here and especially when you think about what villanelle said to eve when they were having the conversation at the end of the bridge and eve has confessed that she was fucking around with dasha right. thought she killed a bitch and i was like oh my god i thought i did it not us having another murder and they talk about monsters feeding monsters mm-hmm. and Eve says, all I can see is your face. And there's another thing that's uttered about how to make it stop. So what cannot be erased from this narrative and from what people are feeling about Eve and Villanelle and what's happening here is that whether or not Eve Palastri meant the sapphic urge to bone or the murder urge to kill a bitch or both at the same time, hasn't she learned in that she would be Villanelle? And I suppose Eve, but maybe she knew already at the bridge that neither can be done. Has the question not been answered? Eve asked the question, how do I make it stop? I mean, I would agree with you because those looks at the end to me were looks of acknowledgement. And I don't know what this rewrite. No, no, no. I don't think you're getting what I'm saying. She asked Villanelle for insight, for help, for aid on how to make something stop. And whether or not that's something, because it's open to interpretation, you not specify, it is the sapphic loving, the yearning, the chaos... Or just the chaos tied to murder. And that whole thing with the 12. Villanelle was wrong. That is what I'm saying to you. That Villanelle Mm. presents the answer to Eve. Villanelle looked like she was a wise bitch. Many people commented on it. Many people said, oh, has Villanelle reached some peak? Has Villanelle tried to use the analogy, if you love them, let them go, and if they come back, they're yours for sure. I definitely said that on the podcast. So if it has been months to potentially two years in Sandra O's mind that it's been a separation and Sandra O's Eve is still after the 12, if she's able to kill, if she's able to shoot Constantine in the hand, if she's able to try and attack Pam, even though she got handed the business, mm-hmm. doesn't that then mean that even if it's just the urge to be dangerous and reckless and murderous that it did not stop. That Villanelle's assumption that if Eve was no longer in proximity to her, that this would all end, betrays her initial thought of Eve Palastri. That this is here. I am not changing you. I am simply pulling off these layers of skin. I am revealing you to yourself because Mm. you think that you're a normal person masking around this normal fucking life where you have this job and you have this husband and you have these friends, but that's not really you. This thing is you. That kind of looks like me. And then we get to a point where Villanelle is like, well, this is how you make it stop. Like a bitch forgot who Eve was, that she was all her fuck shit before you met her. And absolutely one monster encourages the other's monster, but that doesn't mean the monster disappears. That doesn't mean the monster goes away. That means the monster is potentially starved of the sapphic vapors that it wants. Well, I did not say suppress. Oh. I feel like you're not catching what I'm putting down with my muse. If we're talking about Dark Eve Rising, how is it suppressed? If we go back to what I said earlier about my muse and Eve's tending towards masochism, how is it suppressed? If Eve is still searching for the 12, if she's shooting people to get that information, if she's having wanton reckless sex with men she doesn't respect, how is that not Dark Eve Rising? How is that suppressing bad things about yourself? How is that suppressing a monster that you allude to with Villanelle? Where is the good behavior that comes from the suppression? Do you see now what I'm saying? I feel like my points aren't hitting. Well, I mean, you're alluding to good behavior, but I never thought of Eve Palastri as a character 
Wait, as... when did I allude to allude you? To? You, you just said you good. Just allude. No, I'm asking you why you just said what you said about if suppression. You said she's suppressing, but not her for the sake of good. No, no, no. I was talking about her monster, and you said that she's suppressing it. And so I asked you, how is she suppressing her monster when there's been nothing but more bad behavior? And if we go back to my earlier muse, where I'm talking about her being masochistic and self-destructive, where is the evidence that she is suppressing her monster? Thusly, why I say Villanelle was wrong. That Villanelle gave advice that could never be taken. That she is asking to suppress. Suppress what? Where's the suppression? If the monster is supposed to go away when Villanelle's not there, why hasn't it gone away? Why hasn't she just gone to find another job? A desk job? Someplace? Doing whatever? Why hasn't she gone back to work at her aunt's restaurant? Her cousin's restaurant? Whoever's restaurant? Why is she still searching for the 12? Why is she telling Constantine, oh, if they get me, good. I don't care. Why is that if it's suppressed? So then what we're getting at is Eve being truthful when she's saying to Villanelle that she has quote-unquote change, but more so to drill into Villanelle that Villanelle and Eve are not the same. As if the answer that Villanelle offered to Eve would have worked for her hmm? had she known Eve as worked much as she said that she does. Ah, you lost me there. All right, so Villanelle offers a solution to Eve. The solution she offers would have, in Villanelle's mind, worked for her if she was assessing Eve to be the same as her, because she said Eve and I are the same. And Eve is expressing to Villanelle, especially post-slap, that she's a different person, saying that she's not the same as Villanelle thought that Eve was. Um, I disagree with that, and that's also not what I'm saying. Let me try to phrase it differently. The thesis of what I am trying to convey is that Villanelle had a supposition of how to deal with the quandary, how do we solve a problem like Villain Eve? That's what she was talking about. She presumably was trying to help Eve in her mind by saying, this is what we do to stop the gay chaos that happens when we are in each other's orbit, when we're thinking about each other, we want to be around each other, whatever. We walk away. Oh, we just do this. We walk away. After Eve makes her confession and they talk about monsters feeding on monsters. My assertion here is, as this is a muse, a place of discovery, that Villanelle was wrong. So you saying who she thought Eve was doesn't apply. Because not only was Eve the closest that she's ever been to any version of Eve that presumably Eve herself and Villanelle, as seen through the eyes of the audience, would want an Eve that is away from the constraints of a quote-unquote normal life, a job, a husband, all those things. It's a separate Eve. And so she's at the closest place that Villanelle would want her to be, theoretically. And she says, here is the answer to make the chaos stop because I feel like you want to make it stop. She was wrong. Even if you take the reflection that, oh, I'm like you and I think I can make this stop for me, she was wrong. That is my point. That she went to the cloister and it didn't work. She spent months trying to prove in some hollow way to Eve that it was working just to be wrong and to be in episode three, wanted by the police. With Eve, I'm sure getting some kind of chuckle like, I knew it, bitch. I knew it was only a matter of time that you're going to kill somebody. So that's what I'm saying, that it is wrong. Whether or not she had a, a supposition that, Eve, you're like me and I believe this will work for me, it's not true. The monster in Eve does not die because it's not in proximity to Villanelle. It continues to thrive in a dark and sometimes aggressively heterosexual way because Eve likes to torture herself. And for Villanelle, she was in a cloister. She did work. She did charity. She picked up chunky poos or throw up piles, whatever. And it did not work. She did not change. She saw Villanelle Cristo. She did not change. So it was wrong. It was wrong. That is the analysis. She gave advice. It was wrong. If the advice was taken, she was wrong. 
And when you add that to what I perceive as bitterness, resentment, because if you're an Eve Palastri and you've arrived to the place where you seem most close to what this is, this freedom, wide awake. I'm just not here caring about my life, caring about all these other things that actually don't matter. I'm here, I'm zeroed in. And Villanelle mm. walks away to be wrong because nothing stops for Eve. Villanelle leaves and all that stops is that maybe the tingly she has in proximity. Her wanting Villanelle doesn't stop. Her wanting to do dark things doesn't stop. Her I wanting mean. to end the 12 doesn't stop. It's going. And so if you're an Eve Palastri and you are living in your shithole apartment or maybe you're in the fucking hotel, Villanelle knows for whatever fucking reason, you're still in your shit. You're still trying to cope and deal with the fact that this is where your life is, that you've lost everything, everything, including the girl, the woman that you thought was going to be ride or die till you both exploded somewhere in just a fit of ridiculousness. And then you get a fucking piece of mail. You get a piece of mail from Villanelle, but it's not actually from Villanelle. And what does it say? What does that first piece of mail say to Eve? What does it say? Hey, Eve. I'm at this cloister because I can change. I believe I can change. I'm going to prove to you and everyone else that I'm a good person, that I can be a good person. What the fuck is Eve Palastri supposed to do with that? What is Eve Palastri supposed to do when she opens it? Is she supposed to go, oh, good. Oh, goody, Villanelle. You're trying to be a good person. Why would she think that? She would be confused. She'd be like, hmm. what's this? What is this? You trying to make it stop? Nothing has stopped here. In fact, it's gotten worse. And now there's bitterness now. Now there's more anger and resentment growing now. Because not only did nothing stop when you left, I'm just pissed the fuck off that now you are writing me fucking letters, sending me postcards about your bullshit shit when you know I don't give a goddamn. I have never given a damn about someone in church. And I definitely don't give a damn about you in church. Trying to be a good person for what? So what was we bonding for? What were we, what were we talking about? What were you talking about on the Bruce? Saying that we're similar, that we're like, what were you saying? And so that is my point. That is the crux of the, the muse that the anger and bitterness that Eve is feeling is logical, especially when you just have the actual facts as they are in the show, from the bridge to where we are now, that just as those facts are laid out, there are plenty of reasons for Eve to be upset. There's plenty of reasons for her to be resentful and angry. And when you're sitting on that type of behavior that you know ultimately is bullshit, which it has been proven to be with the cloister, how does that not feed resentment? How does that not feed you being upset? No, you dealing with Villanelle for two series with all the petty shit I just said she did? Obsessively trying to get you just for her to try to one-up you or say, hey, I'm trying to be good now. I'm trying to be good now. What about you? You trying to be good? Because I'm trying to be good. And I'm going to be good. I'm succeeding at it. Actually, I was permission of the month. I just invented it. And I was the first one. Another letter. Hey, Eve, I'm person of the month again. I bet you never saw that coming. I bet you didn't think I could do it, but I did. I'm being really good. Watch. Eve would have no interest in that. Eve should have no interest in that. And those of you that think Eve should be interested in Villanelle in the cloister, you don't make any sense. Why the fuck would Eve be interested in anybody in the cloister? Unless she's doing a murder, Eve has zero interest in the church or anything adjacent to the church. And that would include Villanelle. And so that is, that is it. That is it. I don't know if it came across, but that was the second wave of the point of the muse, that Villanelle was wrong, that what was asserted in the final episode of series three is wrong. An assertion of monsters, not feeding monsters and stopping bad behavior was wrong. Villanelle has killed again. Eve has been doing what she wanted. So the separation has done nothing in the way of stopping chaos or bad feelings for either Eve or Villanelle. Well, this is these glasses that I could put on now so that I could see Eve for where she is versus wonder what this gap has done to her. This is a very good lens to see Eve through. 
end, following the actual plot, it is logical. But people can't be expected to just immediately know where this animus is coming from when they're just now but that's also my point that was the point of walking down memory lane is for people to expand what they're looking at because it's really easy to just look at what's in front of your face right now i was guilty as well i'm looking at series three and eve is hopping on foe's knob but realistically it's been two fucking episodes terrence and so when you're talking about why eve is acting the way she is outside of just being like oh are we throwing out season three altogether they've not said that therefore we have to involve it all and so we cannot erase Two and a half years of Villanelle being a sapphic terrorist towards Eve. We cannot erase alleged expectations Villanelle had of Eve Palastri. And then what happened on the bridge? It sent me to the ground because I really was not expecting we walk away. But that is what happened. And so in dealing with what happened on screen and not with people's canonized ideas about what has happened, Eve is within her right to be as resentful as fuck about Villanelle, given where she was in her alcoholic status, what she was trying to do for Kenny, and where that episode ended, where she was already shut down by Carolyn. And then she shut down by Villanelle. And so we come into series four, and we're dealing with an Eve that's been abandoned by all her misandry pillars. Her mentor said, bye, fuck you. I'm not interested in the 12. Villanelle said, bye, I have to improve myself. I need to go over here. And so how's Eve supposed to be? Is she supposed to be a yogi? Is she supposed to be meditative? Is she supposed to be calm? Or is she supposed to be a bit unhinged, a bit resentful, a bit angry like we've seen? That's how you get to the fish tank. That's how you get to a bitch slapping you around the world. Which anyone who catches the slap in general might hold that, might feel that might say one day I'm going to do something because I don't like to be slapped. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that that slap was on her mind from Italy. Because I personally know that even if someone was like, Candace, you were in shock, I would not forget a slap. Yeah, no. I there's wouldn't. No, there's no way. And the way that I'm I am petty, the no. way that my petosaurus lives within my DNA, I am getting I, I'm you getting back. that shit back. I'm getting you back. Like, what was that? That one catfish with the quiz that you should never call me a fat Kelly Price. Oh, right. Now like, that, that was petty. No, that's deep pettiness. No, yeah, but that's yeah. that Villanelle pettiness. So Villanelle writing to Eve as Nell for months before presumably coming <laughs> to see a bitch. Not even asking a bitch about her murder job. <sighs> not asking her how the 12 is going. Not asking her anything. That means it's entirely for Villanelle. And so we can enjoy what Villanelle's doing. We can like seeing a bitch be sensitive and try and earnest, but it is still from a selfish perspective. She probably thinks this is what I need to do to get Eve on a thing or whatever and blah, blah. At least that's my headcanon. I don't know what Lauda's gonna do. But on the surface, she's not doing shit for Eve. She's not helping Eve. She's not concerned with Eve. She's not giving advice. She's not stalking. She's not giving fashion tips. She's literally doing nothing. And so I just don't know why people are expecting for Eve to be a goddamn saint when it comes to Villanelle, when she's been gaslit by a bitch named Nell for months about goodness and Christianity, which in and of itself is outrageous. (laughs) And for what? For what? What's the end result? So Eve believes Villanelle's a Christian. What then? What then? Well, I feel like Nell would be wanting Eve to... I don't know. Maybe it's just so that Nell has Eve physically seeing her. Or maybe this whole thing is about, right, Nell trying to get Eve to believe. But what then? What if Eve magically does believe? Then what? What would be next for Nell? Will Nell be done? Because maybe just the thrill of the challenge was all that this was for. And she just wanted to be able to prove that she could do something that someone expressed her that she couldn't do. And maybe there's nothing beyond it. Someone she cares about, some random person we haven't met who Villanelle cares deeply about what they think. Who's that? Uh, uh, I'm talking about E. <laughs> but 
If we go from what they've done and what they've shown in the bridge, I asked you if Eve ever asked Villanelle to change. You said no. So if that is the case, and Eve has never told a bitch to change, and I literally ended that with, at best she wanted to keep her, restrict her, restrain her, have her all to herself, and lie about potentially being for justice, where has Eve tried to change a bitch? So how can you say something like that now? It doesn't apply. Eve has never asked her to change. If anything, she's asked her to stop. Just stop being chaotic. <laughs> but she's never said, change. Don't be you. Yeah, but I don't feel like I'm betraying what I'm saying. I, you said what now as far as what happens after what now gets Eve to believe that she's a Christian. But I didn't say that Eve needed Nell to be a Christian. I can't give a motivation for Nell to be in the cloister. I can only talk about the actions that Nell's already taken. If Nell's already sending these messages to Eve about Nell changing, and the point was to get Eve to believe that Nell was on some new walk of life. You can do whatever. You can wear whatever. You can join whatever religion. Does it make you a different person? And as people would say, changing is hard. Yeah, but I'm sure the hard parts of the quote changing wasn't in any of these notes that were getting sent to Eve. It was like, oh, yeah, we went to a shelter today. Um, Everyone smiled. Everyone felt good. We did good things. That's behavior. That's not changing. And so you can do different behavior. Many serial killers, before they were detected as serial killers, were living their life as upstanding citizens. And surely Eve would be like, just because you're doing this doesn't mean you're a changed person. And Eve is of the thought that... You can't change who you are. And you could argue that Villanelle, prior to series three in some instances, or I guess really just series four, she wouldn't assume that you can change. Her whole argument to Eve was that you can't change what is. This is what it is. This is who you are, and it cannot change. And so perhaps her attempt at the bridge and the cloister was her trying to convince herself that it was possible of change, but she was also aware on a subconscious and conscious level that the only way she would really believe it herself is if the one person that she knows knows her best, that she feels like is a is a type of mirror. Other half of her coin, that's Eve Palastri. Eve did not ever. Mm. She did not give her any play, did not give her any whatever. For anyone else out there who was believing something, even if it was for a day, Barbara potentially believed that she was trying to be good for one day. Eve never did. She saw through the bullshit, the motivations probably didn't make much sense to her and lastly why anyone who was watching Eve Palastri from series one to series four thinks that she would be interested in anything akin to what Villanelle is doing makes zero sense like it just makes zero sense she was threatening Constantine in series one and threatening him more intensely in series three but y'all think she cares about a cloister you think she cares about a baptism that's funny It's funny. I don't know why anyone would think she would care. The most inflammatory part about Eve's story for me has been the foe. But now that I've made the foe behavior make sense, it is what it is. And I'm like, well, this is the full look of the angst. This is what it is. We knew there would be angst at the beginning of the series, and this is what it is. But it is making sense. Eve's resentment makes sense to me. Even if it makes sense to no one else, it makes sense to me. And you know what? I ran this muse by someone before I came to record it, and it made sense to them as well. Does this mean that we can, because we removed the attribute of Atlantis previously? I know one person with a track that comes to mind for Eve Pilastri for Series 4 that goes in line with my muse of her anger and resentment, and that's motherfucking Kelly's Vintage. Single. For single, everyone knew that bitch for. I hate you so much right now! (laughs) That is Eve. Well, that's helpful. It's vibrating. Last year, Valentine's Day, you would just warmly say, but I love you, love you, was baby, lying. swear. <laughs> so that's... No, it, yeah. If Villanelle had a lot of shit to say in series one and series two, mm-hmm. and at the end of series three, she left a bitch hanging. She left a bitch at the bridge. Vibrating with no O's. Zero O's to the point where Eve has never been down better. She has never been angrier. 
I believe that bitch has never been angrier than she is right now. When people don't work through their shit and they're just like stunted in some kind of way from expressing it, it just gets to this thing, this ball of rage that's always there. Like people who just fucking, they can be rude all the time. They snap all the time because they're just always on the edge of something. That's Eve Palastri. She's living on the edge. And she was put on that edge by fucking Villanelle going on her fucking self-actualization tour of a cloister without apparently explaining to a bitch beforehand why she needed to go to the cloister or trying to convince Eve. Let's be cloister babes together. No, she did none of that. She went there and she wrote her letters where she, I really do think was being arrogant the way she can. Saying stuff like, I am a Christian now. I am a good person now. Look at the stuff I'm doing. I'm just like Mark. I'm just like Luke. I could be a fucking disciple. <laughs> so I'll be getting baptized in three months. I expect you to be there to co-sign how changed I am. And I'm sure by the time Eve got the fifth one of those, she was in such her self-destructive behavior, she probably went to go have sex with folks straight away. Probably just took a shot of whiskey to the head and was like, this bitch, and went to go have an unfun time on the heterosexual rodeo, because that's what she does. Jesus. Why have fun, fun when you can suffer? Eve is like a roommate I had many years ago, the many queer roommates I've had. And people can engage in all kinds of behavior, and there's nothing wrong with having a bunch of sexual partners. If that's what you want to have, live safely, smartly, and do what you want. Homest ever. If one is engaging in a lifestyle that in the wee hours, in the early morning hours, you can tell that that is a destructive thing to them, that it is a, a harmful thing, and that this person is potentially engaging in these behaviors to do harm to themselves, then one must look. And I had one such roommate that was engaging in a time in his life in very reckless hookups. Very reckless where it's like, you were in a dumpster, huh? You were hiding in whose basement, huh? And so if shenanigans are just shenanigans, you're young and having fun, that's one thing. If you're crying at 5 a.m. when you're too drunk because of what's actually the reality of how you feel and don't feel about yourself, that's what the issue is. And that's Eve Palastri. She's not just in some fucking Drew Barrymore film with Fo Jafari. She can't stand that motherfucker. That is where I'm at, that she, who drags, who drags? Someone they like all the time. Like, I know jokes and roasting is a love language for a lot of people, but that's not what Eve Flash is doing. She's not roasting out of love. She's roasting out of disgust. She's disgusted with him. She's disgusted with herself. But hey, it's all about the 12, so she's doing it. This is this is so useful. Ultimately, that's all I can really rest Laurels on is just say how useful of an experience this muse has proved to be. And I will take great care to make sure that this is something that I'm holding tightly to as I continue to trudge through, the, you know, the L's that I'll be taking for some of the things that I still want to pay off throughout the forthcoming future coming episodes of the series. But it helps me see where people are now. And have their actions that they take henceforth be sort of, I'll be able to see why. I can see the motivations now. Motivations help me see the bigger picture. And I didn't have that naturally. But you opening everything up logically to just sort of just filter everything through to show this is where we are in the scenario, in the throes of the world. Even without time, it's making things seem clear. My muse has time. Time is just uncertain. It is not without time. It's just unknown how much time has potentially passed. But there is a minimum amount of time. And seven months is enough time. A week is enough time for a bitch to build up resentment, let alone two-thirds of a year to build up resentment towards what you didn't get and whatever. And Villanelle showing up with the desperate audacity that she had to pray 
for Eve and prayed to the box is perhaps what led to the slap outside of Eve's pettiness was her trying to wake that bitch up. Like, what? Maybe it was a challenge in some way to be like, really? Because she surely went close into her face and was like, different person. So maybe that was another push to a villain now that she sees as being cowed, as being wounded in some way. Certainly not aggressive. Certainly not a villain now that challenges Eve in any meaningful way. And so she has taken the power. She's drunk with it, especially because she can't be drunk with Os. And it's leading to this harsh behavior, in my opinion, that she's exhibiting. I'll be curious to hear what you listeners think, especially those of you that were in my mentions. Really upset at Eve Plastry and what goes on in episode three. I am certain that no matter what goes on in episode three, it doesn't change my muse. And I'm pretty sure I've mused myself to all the possibilities of episode three, and I've just gotten comfortable with it, even before I've watched it. So that's where it is with Eve Palastri. My sub-muse about why Eve is resentful and bitter, and everyone should remember that, when they're watching her on screen, is, you know, they need to argue. They need to have it out, much like the Xena musical. An argument can solve many things and also lead True. to the boudoir. And they need to get out something, something that needs to be said, something about the break. Certainly something about Villanelle being wrong. If I was Eve, I certainly would, would roast that bitch. And if she roasts her and it's hurtful, in episode three, it's deserved to a certain degree because she surely acted like she had the answer. Villanelle can be very arrogant when she wants to. Just like an Eve, and she was wrong. There's no other way to say it. You were wrong. You were wrong. It did not work. Your cloister shit didn't work. Eve reducing her monster didn't work. It is a giant fucking L of wasted time and no O's. And so if Eve decides to make her wallow in that, I mean... <sighs> What can really be said? That's why they have to argue. And maybe Villanelle can be like, I can't believe you didn't come to see me. And Eve can be like, I can't believe you expected me to come, bitch. Mm. And you left me at the bridge. Mm. And you said it would stop. Didn't stop, ho. And then Villanelle can be like, oh, it didn't stop. And then they could be like, oh, Villain, you hate sex to love sex. But that's fan fiction. But anyways, the muse that they need to argue is a side muse to try to sort out what has gone on and how to go forward, just to yell it out and then try to go forward to give Eve something that she can hear from Villanelle that will crack through the exterior of fucking vibranium that she's put up against Villanelle's advances, get through that shit, break a bitch down, and she can give Villanelle another chance, especially the bitch out the cloister. I think she's way more likely to give Villanelle a chance again sooner than later as long as she stops lying to Eve about what she's trying to do and what she's not trying to do well here's hoping that they hash it all out in this future conversation to have if there's anything we've ever been vying for consistently and not just in series four but also in series three is uh villainy screen time because they need to be able to sit down and have a conversation we rarely get them in moments together where they can just talk. There, there's usually just too much interference in the way. There's too much buildup and things sort of kind of go awry. I could almost throw this last half muse away where I just was angry about the fact that if we get a Villanelle who does get picked up by the Popo by the end of episode three, then one and take two episodes for her to get out, which means the series is half done and the conversations haven't happened yet. But if there is a conversation to be had in episode three and it is uh, meaningful enough that they have reached a new level of understanding between each other with the newfound awareness of what has been done. You're talking like about impact. episode three? Like, you don't know I, the rejection is in there. No, are I know another rejection four? is there. Okay, so how are you looking to reach a stasis of some kind in an episode where there's another rejection and more than likely two? 
like this is something you could potentially use on for episode four, but I just don't know where it's going to fit in episode three when there needs to be time for her to get rejected twice. Once at the hotel and more than likely once at the therapist's office. So there might be conversations. I assume there is. Perhaps there's more talking from Villanelle if she is on the couch with Martin primarily. And she, I imagine, will wax poetic, sadly, about Eve. And maybe we'll get some insight into what the fuck's going on with her. But I just don't know why you would expect any kind of resolution or stasis for Eve and Villanelle when not only was it not indicated in the episode descriptions, but it just doesn't make sense. For what we know is definitely happening in episode three. So then that half muse comes back onto the table where I'm upset that we're going to be halfway done with the series and they're not closer to getting to some version of mutual understanding because how am I supposed to get them together if I'm going to have one of the characters locked up for two episodes? Like, well, that's a that's a jump. That's a leap. Who says she has to be locked up for two episodes? She was locked up for uh, what could be considered an episode and change in series one. And that was because Nadia was a huge plot point and there was a lot of things to happen in jail. But what says she's going to be in jail for two episodes? We don't have that predicated. We do not have that. She could literally get out of jail the same episode she's thrown in. Or she could be out of jail the beginning of episode four because there's a lot of people who probably want to break a bitch out of jail. Like, that's how criminal syndicates work. If you get caught and they know you we're in there. It's either we got to get this bitch out and back with us because we can't have them dropping dimes or we got to kill this hoe so she can't drop a dime on us. There's no way a villanelle is grabbed by the popo, local police, and that the people she has been fucking with, whether it's the 12, whether it's MI6 or whatever, isn't like, oh, let's grab that bitch and bring her over here because at the very least, we might be able to get information out of her that is useful to our own selfish gains. Or if you're the 12, you're like, maybe we could talk her back into killing again because my God. But that's it. I don't know why the show, what purpose would it serve to keep Villanelle in jail for a whole episode, let alone two. That would have to be episode four and five. Because if this happens, it happens probably at the end of episode three, which then sets up episode four. But then you're then suggesting that she's in jail for all of episode four and some of episode five when we've read the descriptions. It's not mathing. That's not math. Ah, muses that will ultimately lead to future corrections are a favorite pastime of mine. Well, I guess that can lead into the next muse that I had. Which I guess I can just pose the question to you, although you potentially answered it, which was the consequences. What are the consequences of a Villanelle or Nell being a person of interest going to be in next episode? Uh, Well, we did get the mini clip during the trail of someone in like, I don't want to say riot gear, but gear, popo gear with like a flashlight. So we know that there will be some version of a manhunt that will occur. Is that plot immediately connected for sure concretely? I cannot say that it is, but I would rather utilize that for this than see it later on and it be connected to something different. It's more than allowed to be because I'm not the runner of the of the show. But yes, people will be looking. I feel like the cloister folk may have some little blurbs that will be up with the news story as well i'm thinking that these are going to be the people that Mm. wronged her from that description that we read previously and that the cloister people are not safe and that they will be taken out the paint so you think the wronged people are the cloister members talking that shit after the fact that's interesting it makes more sense than her going after constantine or someone else as someone who broke her because even though constantine began on my damn nerves of the people Inveigled with the 12, with all of his bullshit, he has still meant the most well. For Philadelphia, he has still been the best handler she could have and dealing were her version of chaos. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. I don't mind that muse about the cloister members being someone she goes after. For my own musing on it, I asked myself, 
while musing about Eve and her masochistic tendencies and her need for self-destruction, destruction in any kind of way. I was like, Candace, what are the worst things Eve can do to Villanelle next episode, given all of the warnings and things people are trying to give you, have given you, in your DMs, in your comments. And there was only really like three to four things that came to mind as the worst. Rejection, of course, is the first and obvious. Second is a bit more wild, and you guys say that the worst scene doesn't involve foe, so fucking someone in front of her or being caught in some sort of sexually compromising situation is another thing. A third thing would be show Villanelle what she can't have, somehow. Either with another person, either just being jaunty, voyeurism, I don't know. But just some like a taunting of Villanelle and her not being able to have Eve in any real or substantial way. And the last one was the worst one. Really, but the more I meditated on it, the more possible it felt and potentially likely. And that is Eve plays a part in them getting her in the manhunt. That Villanelle shows up and she is looking for Eve to rescue her, save her, like she was in series one. But Eve is not that same Eve in series one. And she cannot just be manipulated with a story about, oh, I need this. I need help. I'm vulnerable. Help me, Eve. And then Eve says, I, I'm expensive. <laughs> well, she, no, no. Eve has no energy. She doesn't even say I'm expensive. That's that's my point, is that that is the dark part of this muse, which is the fourth option that she aids, adds, is a catalyst directly or with some other people to Villanelle getting nabbed by the popo. Perhaps she does the turning in herself. Is, I'm like, is there a reward? Because you're broke. Oh. Even though I have copped to you having a job. In the correction segment, I just, I cannot perceive of anything else. And because people are like, oh, Candace, oh, you're going you're gonna to be upset. Oh, you're going to need all the booze. I'm like, I really don't like the concept of snitching. But I really don't know what else it could be. Like, there's nothing else she can do outside of rejecting Villanelle that would put her into a place of vulnerability and another disadvantage where she can't just potentially do exactly what she wants in any given moment. And that's if she were being detained. If someone found out that Nell, who killed the vicar, and May was over here, potentially, I don't know, Eve's hotel with Martin? I don't know. But I think it's very possible that Eve Palastri and one of her last gasps of her Petasaurus Rex will do a ridiculous thing that she will absolutely come to regret if she does indeed do it. If she does do it. If she does decide to call the popo, Eve, why? <sighs> On Villanelle, she will live to regret it. And maybe that's what she's upset about. Maybe in that episode where she's making amends, she breaks a bitch out of jail and there's shenanigans and fisticuffs and bullets going off and Villanelle gets injured during the fucking escape. And Eva's like, my bad hoe, like, I, jail was too far. I heard stories about what you were doing when you were in there with Nadia and I kind of just wanted to check the CCTV to see how gay it got, but you're not even on a jaunt. My apologies, I've got you out of jail. Yes, you got shot, but like, you're out of jail though. Because that's the kind of shit Villanelle would say. If people are 100 about it, Villanelle could totally do some self-serving shit that doesn't work out the best for Villanelle or the best for Eve and then fix it a little bit and be like, hey, but you got some nice clothes out of it, right? Like, wasn't the worst thing that could happen. And so I feel like that we gonna see Eve on her Villanelle. That she gonna do some fucked up shit. Everyone has implied to me, it's fucked up, Candace. So unless she fucking somebody in front of Villanelle and my God, let it not be faux. Is she flashing her goodies and saying, you can't touch this. Like, what's happening? She is sending her to jail. She's sending her to jail just to break a bitch out. And if that breakout point is 
the turn in the series, I will take that shit. I will take the angst. I do feel that even this self-destructive mode, this masochistic thing that she's doing where she's inflicting pain on everyone and herself included, that this is the bottom. People got to hit bottom before they look and go, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I shouldn't do that. This is going to be Eve's bottom. Slapping a bitch felt good, ultimately, to her. Turning around on her heels, having some form of power in the situation, I think felt good. But whatever is going to happen in episode three is not going to feel good by the time she's done with it. Like, she's probably going to feel good in the moment. But then after the moment's done, she's going to be like, oh. Oh, well. That probably wasn't. That probably wasn't. Oh, dear, Eve Pilastri. You're always doing some bullshit. And that's Eve talking to herself in the mirror. But yeah, that's my prediction. That those consequences will be had of Nell being in the cloister. And honestly, Villanelle, you should have never been there. On display? On camera? Taking photos? It's not what you do when you're an ex-assassin, former assassin. It doesn't matter if you are still in the life or not, bitch. You retire. Why are you letting people take pictures of you? I feel like there's been plenty of movies where they're like, don't snap the picture. No, no, no. I can't be. Uh, excuse me. Give me your phone. I'm throwing it in the river. Like, don't take no pictures of me. I don't want any pictures. But not only did Villanelle say take all the pictures, probably got 5011 selfies with Nell on her Insta, but she volunteered herself for a parishion of the month because she fucking invented it. So there is so much evidence of Villanelle. And I bet you they're going to use the cat too. They're going to be like, this is proof that she is obviously a degenerate because look at her violence. We now do believe that she killed the kitty. And this was the first sign that she was on violent behavior. Mm-mm-mm. So it's groundbreaking news, but that's what it is. I'll be very sad and heartbroken when it happens, but looks like Lauda potentially wants to give me prima angst. Top shelf angst. Painful, painful angst. It's the way I went back to just try to figure out which one of the descriptions said anything about Eve taking like a hard look at herself like a personal inventory or Eve nurses Villanelle back to health and that those are descriptions from six and seven so I'm like we're about to be on three so mm. so I'm just bracing for whatever's coming ultimately. It's all you really can do. It's the way that I don't even know if I covered this museum or not. Like I know I did this one. I know I did this one. I know I did this one. You know what? I'll do this one again. All right. So this muse was for me in in a down place. I was down bad when I wrote this muse. And it ultimately just says that I'm not going to bring up plot gaps anymore from series one or two. And I only said that because if the sacrifice, if the risk I have to take with getting the answers to these <laughs> gaps is me sacrificing coherence or consecutiveness to get those answers, then it's not worth it. And it ultimately was just me just being sad that I have to look for uh, pairing pieces of external materials to then be able to see what is going on. But those, like I said, those aspects of the muse came from a place of me not just seeing the vision. And I mean, does it make for more or less entertainment for me to be able to view series as a complete entity while it's in progress because we're not at the end. The end is written, but we're not at the end. So maybe they are entitled to withhold what they can, what they will, until it is all said and done. And these feels of what's going on and what's happening, that they're not only deliberate, but intended. And if that means that they're choosing to keep me out of the loop in spaces where they wanted me completely invested, like I said earlier in the previous Muse, then I just have to sit in that i mean i can't say i'm sitting joyously in it because i do have my concerns i do have my questions i have my queries i have my comments 
I'll do my best to keep them as leveled as I can because just because I'm impatient, I mean, I can just imagine with these uh, actors in this field with not completely discerned amount of time feel because I'm sure they all have their thoughts. They have their feelings and they're living through their experiences and we're externally watching them do that. So yes, ultimately my concern is just one in which uh, I don't want to monkey's paw the situation. Like I'm not going to ask for a thing if it means I'm sacrificing a thing. Mm. I'm just going to just be hands off and just observe it all as as it appears and will react as things appear and i'll just leave it at that uh, without bringing up old things until at least until it's all over because once it's all over then it's all fair game that is true well i guess it's amuse i will add that carolyn is officially on the table to die a series along with Constantine, and I never thought I would say this, I thought Carolyn was essentially untouchable. And if anything, they remove the curtain to show that she's been behind the thing, pulling all the things all along and whatever. But I'm not sure that that's where they're going. I think Carolyn could potentially be in danger. And I suppose a larger muse, I have a consistent muse, is who is the 12? What is the 12? Why is the 12? And... Why suddenly does everyone want to end the 12 outside of the obvious? They do bad things, they hurt people, and so they have a lot of enemies. And Carolyn has been obsessed with the 12 for a lot of years, as implied by the television show by Carolyn Martins herself with her own words. And there were definitely theories a lot of people had after series one that wondered if Carolyn herself was a part of the 12 and playing both sides. Or all sides, whatever sides might exist to be played, Carolyn was on all the sides. <laughs> and... With the development of Kenny and what's happened there, it seemed to stray away from that idea of Carolyn potentially being in the 12. Or they could end up flipping us back to Carolyn being in the 12 in this final series and that leading towards her sort of desperation in which she's going to do anything that she thought she had an inside track of what was going on with the 12 and she feels betrayed in some way by someone she's potentially known of, maybe not known directly, known they exist, or some sort of concept of whatever, and it has been breached because Kenny has been killed and she wants to know who specifically is responsible for that so she can take them out personally. Mm. But I do believe that Carolyn is potentially in real danger as a Killing Eve character to get wiped out by the end of the series, given the danger she's putting herself into, much like Eve Pilastri, where she has defected from MI6 and I guess has no more protection one might guess from MI6, because she's now enemy of the state, enemy of the country. She's literally gone over to a hostile state as far as her government's concerned. Yep. So, and she's dropped dimes on people, and we don't know if the information she gave led to the woman killing herself or what that was supposed to mean. We just know she was affected, and so affected because you're doing it, you're being a traitor, like you're living it, live and in color, and it's a lot for you. Or what? I don't know. But those are my random Carolyn and 12 musings, because I certainly don't know who, what, or why. Is the 12, but the 12 is. It's like an enigma. It's like a, a problem you can't solve because it makes no sense. And yet it remains this omnipresent criminal thing that is influencing all the decisions of our characters, even though we don't really have an idea of what this organization is and likely will end the show without ever really knowing what is the 12, without understanding what is the 12, why is the 12, who started the 12? I don't think we'll get any of those answers. And maybe that's why they want to do a prequel, but y'all, y'all should flush that because it's we're not going to have interest by the time you do that. But yeah, yeah I was like two, two to three muses in one. But certainly that's what it is. Carolyn could die. What is going on with the 12? Carolyn could still be in the 12, but also she down bad. Yeah, she is. And yeah, the 12 has been this overarching MacGuffin of like this, this thing, right, that has been a shadow that has been undefined. And we've looked to 
the Lady in Red to salvage the reputation of the brush strokes of the 12 that were last uttered by Raymond on screen, ultimately, and really, where it was like, oh, well, if nothing is to come of these threats... But again, that was from series two. And we've let those things lie. We've let them lie to rest. There's been, we've not seen. Well, what- I mean, Elen is cool. What is different about what we expected from Elen is that she wants to end the 12. <laughs> and that was unexpected. It was unexpected development for Eve. It's an unexpected development for the Watches because we thought, okay, we're finally getting access to this bigger person in the organization. And what's Eve going to do? How's it going to happen? The episode descriptions did say they were going to work together. And at the time, I was like, huh? How is this working? And this is how it's working to say that she wants to end it. And so it's like everybody in it wants to end it because Villanelle was already over y'all when we came into the show. And so I guess that's a central theme. So the 12 isn't the full ghetto because they still found a way to employ Villanelle. They employed Felix, although we hardly knew ye. He was fun. They employ Ellen. Mm-hmm. And so they clearly employ people of note, people that, you know, you might want to know in the Misandrous Club, but why so many people want to take them out. And the 12 presumably doesn't have a handle on this, which is the other thing. There's plenty of organizations that people are afraid to leave or they feel bad feelings about in terms of like we're doing crime. We're talking about the mafia, talking about any of the infamous gangs or whatever that exists around the globe. The intimidation of if you try to leave, they're not going to just kill you. They're going to kill the whole line, the whole family line and anyone who looked at your family members. That type of intimidation is what keeps loyalty happening. Clearly the 12. The 12 doesn't have it. They had it with Raymond. They lost Raymond and sadly he was the employee of the month like Villanelle, employee of the year. Probably. <laughs> Raymond with his threats, but it's not happening now. So maybe the lady in red was done dirty. She still could be very dangerous if we just don't understand why she wants to turn on the 12 and why we would believe she wants to turn on the 12 when potentially she just wants to use Eve to get higher up in the 12. Use Eve to kill this bitch that you try to replace and then replace that bitch and at the end be like, haha, got y'all. And she's talking to Eve and Villanelle. She's like, y'all thought I was going to... I'm running the 12 now. Bye. <laughs> it's you the in way, the ocean. Right. I thought you that, that was what was going to happen. <laughs> you never know. Mm. Do you have thoughts on why you think Ellen wants to get rid of the 12? Uh, the concept is just one that keeps... Or I should say, in the way that they were, we were talking about how it was like a power. When I referred to it as a tango? Yes. So I just thought it was just another step in the dance. Maybe. That remains to be seen. Here's a quick muse question. Will Hugo's Honey Trap make a cameo in series four? I say yes. They're allowed to have her appear. I guess to speak candidly with Vlad in front of Carolyn, if that's what they want to do. But I'm personally good on just not seeing any more. You could We could mention Hugo, but I, I feel like he's gone. He's done. He's over. He's... He's finished. That is my that is my thought. The Russia desk, I say, sits vacant once again. <laughs> and good luck to MI6 on figuring out how that happened. As they also check for Carolyn at her address and seeing that it is uh, foreclosed or it is. Carolyn's not getting foreclosed on. It's because she don't have a job or power. It doesn't mean she doesn't have money. She made it clear she has plenty of money. And I, too, would like for them to be done with Hugo. But I do think something related to that honey trap will come back because the only recognizable employee of anyone in those folders was Hugo. And so we know that Carolyn is dropping a dime. We know that people are going to feel away. And probably if you're MI6, there's going to be a short list of people who would have information to drop dimes to fuck up whatever's going on. Especially Hugo. I mean, how much intel you need to do. But she also worked with Hugo. Hugo was her support for some time and then it led to where it did which was a lawsuit now he has a superior position so I think potentially the honey trap can be seen but potentially for the purposes of Hugo being taken out like he's being murdered something awful is happening to him and that's why we see it and it is the result it is the dividends of Carolyn being a rat 
mm. against the Britain. Well, we said on the recap we would ask or take a guess of how many women have read Chloe. And that is Alain's child in Paris who likes to hear lullabies, storybooks, fairy tales, fantasies before bed. My guess is 37. <laughs> you know what? That's a healthy number. That is a healthy number. I appreciate it. I oof, want to slim the number down, but I don't want to take away from the image. I like 37. I was going closer to maybe like 11 with Eve being the 12th. But no, I like 37 as a number because it didn't seem foreign as a concept. Like we already mentioned during the recap, like, you know, that little girl's not new to this. Like, <laughs> oh, mommy's, mommy's entertaining again. Oh, well, it's time for me little to get what I want out of it. Nine years old, a very modest estimate is five women per annual situation per year thusly it is very easily above 37 if you look at a nine to ten year old child so that was my logic that's what it was the lady in red gets around and she's not shy about it and training however many assassins at once who potentially come to the home who knows but i don't think that anything Ellen does truly makes any sense and her daughter's used to it hmm i did have my healthy comparison muse of dark eve rising in Paris with Ellen and comparisons to episode five, but I have such a healthy muse in this episode already. But Eve Palastri, perhaps I will save this until episode three is a reality. We shall see. But I will mention my other muse, which is a hard left in a certain kind of way. From a previous muse I've said on this podcast, but it is what has happened due to the recent episodes as I try to pass what can go on in the future for Killing Eve. And, well, it has to do with theories on who's hooking up with who and who's doing what with whom. And I had a previous muse of a one-gun assassin hooking up with a one Eve Palastri. And while I haven't entirely abandoned Gun and Eve, and that mostly is to do with the Kindle, the Kindle, the rekindle thing that was in the description, I have a new muse about who Gun is getting up to sapphic shenanigans with, and that person is Villanelle. I am saying that it's Villanelle. Okay. I think that she obviously meets up with Gun sometime after Eve's third rejection, potentially Eve diming her out to the popo. Maybe Gun has a hand in breaking her out because the 12 sent her or Alain or someone because they like a gay mess. I don't know. But since the Hunter Boots have shown themselves in the series, since the mallet from that ridiculous promo stuff we saw has shown itself to be a murder weapon, one can only conclude that a piece of lingerie, as was theorized, will appear in the show. And that's why they have the, the sponsor, the, the situation with Killing Eve. And so then it's down to who's wearing the lingerie. The top choices would be Jodie Comer as Villanelle, Sandra Oh as Eve, Gun, unknown assassin, Lady in Red. And Gun is just thrown in there because we haven't seen her yet. And Pam, as she has been shown thus far, does not look like she would be entertaining anyone. And lingerie, if anything, she would just be like, I'm here, robe dropped. And so I'm not looking for Pam to have lingerie if she just has to get up to no good or some sapphic good with Villanelle or Eve. But Villanelle is definitely a lingerie type of bitch. And since they decided mm -hmm. they want to create some sort of foil with Gun, who knows why the foil is there? Who knows why? She knows that Gun exists. At this point, I'm down between either Eve or Carolyn telling a one, Villanelle, about a gun. Maybe it's Martin. Maybe she asked something at Martin's in episode three that he mentions a gun because he knows all kinds of people that work in the life of, and that's the murder life. But I don't know. But something happens, certainly, between episodes three and five. 
And in that time, she becomes aware of Gunn's presence. And depending upon who delivers the information, if it's Eve, there's plenty of reasons why she would be interested in seeking Gunn out. If she finds out from Carolyn, maybe Carolyn hints at some shit going down between her and Eve because she knows everything. Either way, it leads to a curiosity with Villanelle. And if Villanelle is back on her Villanelle shit, that curiosity often works its way into seduction because she likes to control things. But perhaps by the time we get there, she can't do it. She can't go through with it. Maybe Gunn is gaslighting her. Maybe Gunn has something to say about Eve Plastry. Oh. I don't know. But I think the show is going to is gonna fake us out. Like, by the time that episode becomes relevant, they're going to show something in the preview that's like, oh, is this Jody in some lingerie? Or the fans going to think it's Eve on the other side. But it'll be something like Gunn or something else going on. And then it'll seem like they're about to hook up, but then something is going to get wild. And so I don't know what that is, but that's what I'm predicting. I don't think they're nice enough. They're terrorists over at Killing Eve to give us a villain Eve lingerie scene. And I don't think the lingerie scene will happen this early anyway in the season. Unless, of course, my sapphic fight leading to hate sex happens if they finally get to argue. But that wouldn't be till episode six anyway. So given <laughs> when she's supposed to meet this gun, I think that she will try to get up to the sapphic jaunt for some reason or another. Either trying to compare herself to, to gun to measure herself up because she knows there's been some sort of interest from Eve or some sort of comparison to her from other people whose opinion she's respected. Uh, whether it's Carolyn Constantine, I don't know. But I do think there's going to be some weird game happening there where Gunn is going to be played like she's extremely similar to Villanelle in a lot of ways, but just heightened, especially given what we saw in the Deadline article. So I don't know how exactly that's going to work, but I feel like Villanelle's going to try to sleep with her. But it's not going to work because they're going to be two sides of the same coin. It's going to be like... Not me trying to reference the L word episode. Anyway, just some people who try to hook up <laughs> sometimes and you're too alike. Right. No. They even had that you. in that show, Harlem. Like when they had the two girls and they would describe themselves as Bush identified lesbians. It may be atypical for some people, especially people who play into more stereotypical behavior patterns, to be like, oh, these two type of type A's or these two type of women, they can't possibly be together. They'll be trying to do the same thing at the same time every time. And it's not gonna work. And so that's that's this. I think she will try or they will be some circumstance that leads to Villanelle getting up to something with gun or trying to but it's going to be ridiculous because it's not going to be right it's going to be awkward maybe gun is again you know going to play her going to gaslight her going to talk about it had some Eve Palaszczuk's goodies I don't know what it is I'm not looking at what you're showing me I'm done my sentence <laughs> okay, got and you. that is the muse that Villanelle will have sapphic goings on at the very least flirtations perhaps of the dangerous kind perhaps she will kill this woman by the end of this flirtation it's very possible Villanelle but I do think the lingerie will be on Jody Coma at this time and it will not be to seduce Eve Palastri it will be because she's on her bullshit trying to do something with another woman that hopefully ideally will not work out anyway or will lead to a murder and that is it now what were you trying mm. to show me this image where ultimately because you said two alike and I was like oh well this two plugs well yeah oh, but right <laughs> right right oh you mean that you can't put the two plugs right, together right I see <laughs> I see yeah they are like two plugs like when you have two batteries positive and negative they don't doesn't work. And so I would laugh at that. I would <laughs> laugh at that because it would make sense for an Eve to be interested in a gun, but not a Villanelle. So maybe she'll try to be like, what's up with you? And then it'll go badly. Or maybe she'll find out that Eve was doing something. She'll be like, I'm here to kill you. And I'm doing a ruse and playing a game or I have questions for you. Maybe gun looks like she has it all. Maybe gun looks like she's enjoying her life. Maybe gun is entirely unhinged. Maybe she's her own version of the cow. Just flying across the world doing misandering violence, not giving a fuck. Living her best life with mistresses on every continent. And her legend is spreading. And Villanelle's like, how do you do it, bitch? Like, how do you not care people? 
think. And she's like, by not caring what people think, get out. No, yeah. And yes, I did sleep with Nicola Ashtray. <laughs> and I would like her back. I would like her back. She was searching for some information on the 12. <sighs> she busted it on me doing a fucking kill. I said, bitch, who the fuck are you? She said, but who the fuck are you? And then we started rolling around. She knew how to do some jujitsu. It caught me by surprise and know the murder mount. And then, I don't know, the vapors, we slept together. It was fucked up. She left me in the morning. It was rude. And she also took my postcard. And so <laughs> I've been looking to catch up with Eve Palastri ever since. And mm. word on the street is, y'all are exes or whatever. So I don't know. I just feel like Gunn is going to antagonize Villanelle. Like, it's not going to be buddy-buddy. No, I like the beat that you offered. Why is she seeking out Gunn? They say she oh, yeah. seeks out Gunn in the description. She has to seek her out because somebody tells her to seek her out. So there's only Eve or Martin or Carolyn. Constantine's in Russia being a dick, ignoring his daughter. So I'm like, one of these people mentions Gunn for some reason. And then whatever happens... After Martin, does she get hemmed up by the popo? Interpol? I don't know who's going to be looking for Villanelle, but something, something there. Maybe she finds out in jail. Maybe someone in jail. It's like, you know who's just here? A bitch named Gun, but she broke out too. Go crawl through the hole over there. I don't know. <laughs> but something is going to happen with that gun, and I'll just be curious to see if there's any clues in episode three about Gun. Who knows about her and why? Why will she be here? What will ultimately be her purpose that she serves? I suspect foil, like I've said, because otherwise, why these direct comparisons to Villanelle, if not to play her off of or against or adjacent to Villanelle in some way in the story? So that remains to be seen, but I am still very excited to see Gun. Oh, yeah. So I guess this next muse is more of a question. In the preview, we saw Eve and Maria together. Maria. And... You know, one 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 must have uh, Maria. Some is owed. <laughs> she is owed, <laughs> right? So and maybe not for O's, because I'm not sure. But then like, we also don't know what Villanelle was doing in the boudoir. But then again, you know, I'm, right? <laughs> she I'm, knows a lot. There's a lot that can be jaunt? done. Right? What is this? I think Villanelle, being a person of interest, has made international news. It's made its way all the way from London to Spain, where. Maria is, or potentially Maria's vacationing with her new bitch. Or she's at a therapist that she is seeing in London, but she definitely saw the fucking news. She definitely was like, oh my God, not my wife. Potentially her mom was like, Maria, Maria, <laughs> Maria, Maria, is this your, do you know is this your, is this your bitch, is this your wife, Maria? Uh, key? Um, would you like to, look at the photo, who that, who that? And she's like, oh my God, oh, Abuela, yes, um, mm, that is Villanelle, uh, it's, it's her. Or maybe her name was Ville at the time. We don't know what she was going by. But she was stressed the fuck out. Maybe there was a number like, if you know anything about oh, no. this motherfucker, call this fucking number here. And she was like, me, I know. Or maybe she went to a news station like in, <laughs> in Spain and was like, I know this random person from the cloister who has killed these people. You said she was living there for seven months. Well, she was married to me last year. And we had a whirlwind romance. Then we had this big ass fucking wedding. Invited my whole fucking family that came from around the world. And she fought an old woman who I did not recognize, who was in a tracksuit. It was in a velour tracksuit. They fought. They left. Mm. I've never heard from her again. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Women are stressful. It looked like she was saying that to Eve. She was like, I thought dudes were annoying. But women, women, yeah, girl, like that's that's the lie about the queer jaunt. <laughs> the one thing that's not stressful in the queer jaunt is the sex. Usually the O's are there. You are absolutely in the 11%. You are having a great time. But expecting women to not beat drama. What did you do that? Who said that? Like the meme, who said that? Who said that? Nobody said that. I don't think any queens <laughs> have said that. It's a lot. It's a lot of effort put in, which is why even though I advocate for ladies having harems, I've often wondered to myself, like, could I have a harem? Not if I was actually trying to be decent to each person, because who has the time right. to put in the effort you need for one lady into 12 ladies? 
somebody's not getting what they deserve. Somebody's not getting what they need from me. And so I don't think I could ever have a harem. But for those who feel like they have the, I don't know, the energy, the no, right, that is mental a lot. capacity. No, yeah, I just don't know that I could deal with twelve hoes just in general. Mm-hmm. That's Good morning, beautiful. Said to 12 people. <laughs> I'm going mad. I'm spitting like Villanelle once again, declaring, like, oh, my wives. Like, I could just see, like, if more than one wife got an issue with me at one time, I'm right. I'm probably oh, running away. Right. I'm swimming somewhere. Candace, where she goes? She's just swimming out to the horizon. Is she coming back? Are we, we going to finish know. this conversation we or don't not? Know. Candace, we need to talk. Like, we can't all need it's to like, talk. It's like, okay, but we can't, all call, we can't all talk at the same time. <laughs> right. I'm still trying to finish the conversation over here, okay, with Marabella. And I can't <laughs> talk to you. Isabella, if Marabella is still beefing, so one at a time. But we're, we're important too, Candace. It's like, yeah, you all are so important. So Whew. let me do like how they do in Bewitch. Right. I would just do some right. fairy dust Bye. and I would right. disappear. I'm gone. Mm. Cartoon, what happened? Surrealism. Like Lord Neil in the series full. Surrealism would appear in my life and the bitch would be a Dolly painting. What happened to Candace? She melted into the floor. We don't know. And then Candace she came said back. she could handle 12 wives. She can handle 12 Candace wives. came back and she has another wife. Oh, no! <laughs> Not me picking up straight wives. Excuse me, ma'am. Do you need a home? Do you need a wife? Please join my my harem of bitches. I provide for all. No, oh I'd be tired. I cut my life expectancy in half. I just well. that's what I, that's the whole thing. Like I feel like misandry adds life, but just twelve ladies. No, my God. But anyway, I don't know even how I got onto the harem tangent. I blame. I was about to blame Villanelle, but no, let's blame Villanelle <laughs> because Villanelle got she could be a fly. It is in that because room. we were talking about right. Maria. That's what right. it was. Maria we were talking e. about Maria. That's and, right. And what, what they what are they talking about? Like mm. equal opportunities for the homos means equal opportunity harems. It means no, 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 queer people have the right to be stressed out. Give a dude fifty eleven husbands. See how it goes. It'll be a house of mess. I already know. Just you know, messy behavior. Give a bitch fifty eleven wives. A house of mess. It's just a lot of stuff. It's drama. Mm. I don't. I mean, I don't have it. It's the way they gave us Carolyn and her harem in her room in her house. It's like where's where's Carolyn's lady harem? Her rotation. She doesn't right. even have a rotation anymore. Right. She even got those random douchey. Fuck it. Just just oh, it was Wednesday. Whatever. You have information for me. Great. Mm. So you had the poker game. Well, I'll take all your money again. Right. Now Carolyn is just in dirty places, <clears throat> agitating her allergies, living as a snitch, mm. in danger. And that goes back to what I said before about me thinking Caroline could die. Especially with Vlad giving her that warning. Oh, people don't really fuck with a snitch. People don't know how to trust you. What am I supposed to think? Except that Caroline is in a dangerous situation. Just like a villanelle. Wanted by the Popo and Eve. Just be her. And that's enough to be in danger at any given time. Just be Eve Palastri. Wow. Woo. Okay, so, yeah, that's a lot of... That's a lot of muse. That's a lot of muse. We... Muse, we've singular muses, muses, yeah, and really it's me, me and my muses, extended muses, and I've tabled a whole bunch. I have to come back to them later. Well, we won't say it's all of the muses, but it's it's a it's a good amount of muses. We can a piece of muse, right? We can end and close out the muses segment from here. There was a lot to ingest. You already know to write in. Let us know your (laughs) thoughts on some of the any thoughts, any feelings on some of the things that you've heard uttered here and if that changes your overall perspective or are you already locked in with your feels in regards to how every character is operating and what you are anticipating for the episodes to come and we say episodes to come because we know that some of you are already ahead and that's and that's okay to episode three they already know but maybe now you could do a rewatch Oh, post true, these muses true, true. and see if it will help color does anything in. Change? Do the do, does do the dimension change? Right, right. Does anything evolve? 
Did you think of anything new? Anything new occurred to you? After listening to us muse, please let us know. We are always interested. But yeah, that was... It was dramatic. It was, it was emotional. But musing it was. <laughs>